Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and today I am joined by Drake Wallace. Drake, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. The first father-son combo or convo right here. His dad came on last year. That's right. John Wallace, former Army Ranger, owner of Ranger Tool and Die, who you obviously are working with. I don't know, is your, are you like, uh, what's your title there? I don't even know. Uh, I guess the closest thing you could say is uh, like a shop foreman slash engineer. Okay. I basically run the uh, tool and die portion of our shop. Excellent. Well, I want to get into that in a little bit, even talk about what it's like to work with family, the, the pros and cons <laughs> of that. But I'm interested, um, what was it like growing up the son of an Army Ranger? Because I would imagine it was a little bit different than growing up the son of a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be wrong. There might have been a lot of similarities. It was, uh, I mean, it was a great experience. Uh, he was, when I was real young, gone a lot. There wasn't a lot that we could go with him on. Uh, I believe on his podcast he talked about his tours in Korea and Saudi, yes. and, you know, we definitely couldn't go there. Uh, but it definitely, growing up and once he got out and I was right before my teenage years, uh, really started to learn a lot about work ethic and, you know, self-accountability, you know, really great uh character skills from him you know early on that have drastically changed my life for the better when you talk about the character skills what comes to mind that you learned from your dad specifically i would say probably at the just like holding the line of you know there you have a whatever it is you have a standard you know whether it be machining or something in life there's a standard and just holding that standard and not letting any excuses allow you to drop that standard yeah i remember when your dad was on and maybe we could even reference that in the show notes and what episode that was but um that seemed to be a big topic for him was kind of yeah failure is not an option i mean obviously it's sometimes we all fail right whether it's in our relationships or business or finances but not taking kind of that defeated mentality right you know trying to continue to believe that hey like where there's a will there's a way kind of thing yeah because i mean you're gonna fail like i fail lifts or whatever all the time you know if i scrap part at work that's a failure but and in my eyes you don't truly fail until you have quit Mm. you know failure is a way to not do something you learn Mm. something from that you truly fail in the big scheme of things when when you quit when you let it beat you i was just sharing the story i guess it was this past weekend with some folks of of whenever i was in ninth grade was it ninth grade? no i was in seventh grade uh the year before i was a really good baseball player i had one most valuable player of my of the league i pitched a no hitter that year next year i got drafted the major a booth draft at bland park and played for a team there and um but i remember um in a game specifically i struck out the very end a hit would have won the game for us but i struck out looking and i quit baseball out of a fear of failure and I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, that looking back on that, the failure was not that I struck out looking. The Mm. failure was that I quit. And I I do regret that. You know, it's like I've told people many times, like, I wish I would have stayed with it. 
I wish I would have continued to push through that. But sometimes we're so afraid of failure, we quit, which is in some ways kind of the ultimate failure. Yeah. You know, so just agreeing with what you said. Um, Were the lessons your dad were teaching you, was that sinking in early on or like was that later in life, like as far as character, resilience, grit, hard work? Those those are the things you're talking about, right? Yeah. They they sunk in pretty early on. Uh, I mean, I like to think, but some people tend to kind of sell themselves a little high. But I do like to think I've been a really hard worker pretty well my entire life uh, and just always done whatever it took to get the job done, whether it be, you know, at work or, you know, something else in my personal life or – uh, now going into like community service type. How much of success do you think is hard work and how much of it do you think is like talent? I would say, I'd say 90% is just hard work and grind it out. Mm. Uh, it sucks <laughs> sometimes. And there are days that I get up and it's like, I really don't want to do this, but those are the days that you just got to stick to it get it done, grind it out. It ain't going to look pretty. It probably isn't going to be 100% of what you could do, but you still got to get up and get it done. What drives you, like for those maybe even listening to this, um, I think what separates those who are successful, I agree with you, I think the majority of it's hard work. But what do you think, what is it about guys like you or, you know, ladies out there those that we see that continue to push through push through push through like what do we need like what do you are you envisioning something like is it like this this future version of yourself like is that what motivates you like what is it that keeps you going whether it's in the fitness world or whatever else it is in your life whenever it's getting really hard or maybe you're not seeing the results does that make sense what i'm asking Mm -hmm. yeah and there's a i have a i call them my whys like why am i doing this Uh, and there's a lot of them kind of depending on uh, what we're actually talking about. You know, if it's community service, it would be, you know, I want to make a tremendous change for this community. If it's health and fitness, a big why for myself is I have a daughter, and it's like I want to be around for as long as possible and be able to, you know, do whatever it is she wants to do physically. I don't want to be – you know, a father or even, you know, way in the future, a grandfather who knows too broken or out of shape to mm-hmm. play with grandkids or, you know, whatever that looks like in the future. That why is very important, I think. Um, I don't remember who said this, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's basically something along the lines of if someone has a compelling why, they can deal with whatever comes, Yeah, you know, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah, like if for you every find area of your a, life. Yeah, if you find a a deep rooted purpose for yourself, I mean, you can accomplish anything. So, what's led you into the the community service aspect of things? You know, I was at the uh, the chamber banquet. I don't know when it was, um, sometime back, several weeks ago, and you know, you were you won the award. You got called up in front of all of these people. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, you did a great job with your your speech. I know it was short and sweet, but. You, I don't know if you were nervous, but yeah. you couldn't tell. Um, but you won the award for the Paragould Emerging Professional. Um, for those who don't know what that is, first off, tell us what that is, the Paragould Emerging Professional. 
And then I want to get more into kind of your community service. But what, what exactly was, who's that award for? Who wins that? So the Paragold Emerging Professionals, or PEP, is a group of 21 to 39-year-old kind of younger uh, professionals that are, and it's a networking and volunteer group. Uh, so, you know, we got uh, insurance agents, loan officers, stuff like that. And we all just kind of network, and it's because it's good relationships to have, mm-hmm. for especially in the future. But also, we do a whole lot of volunteer work and basically whatever we can find in the community, whether it comes to us or we go look for it, uh, you can get a hold of PEP and it's almost like some labor <laughs> that you can ask for. Uh, and as far as the PEP member of the year is, different events have points that you can get, whether it's a networking event or volunteer. And the volunteer is typically the higher end on the point scale. And whoever in a in the year from, I believe it's March to March, whoever has the most points gets the PEP member of the year. And with the members that we have right now, like I said in that speech, uh, there are definitely some go-getters. So mm-hmm. nobody does it for the recognition, but it's definitely a competition for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a good friendly competition. Yeah. Um, how many hours of volunteer? How many how many hours did you volunteer in that year? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm sure you weren't personally keeping track with no. it. What? When did that come online for you that you were like, you know, I want to start giving back to my community. I want to get involved because I think it's easy at your age to be like, hey, I got a life to build. I got a career to build. I've got, I got to think about me and just focus here. And then maybe later in life when I've got more time or more money or more whatever, then I'll give back to the community. Yeah. But you're doing that. You're how old? I'm 30. 30, yeah, 30 years old, and you've been doing this now for at least a year or more. Why? Uh, I've gotten real big into it, I guess, uh, and this wasn't really the reason why, but I guess during COVID and not being able to do much, uh, I just did a lot of self-reflecting on more what I want my life to look like in the future, the change, what I want it to look like for my daughter, and some changes that I would like to see in my lifetime. Uh, and then way back, I remember in high school, just kind of, you know, being a typical high school kid, you know, we'd get out on the weekends and it's like, not really a whole lot to do, but I did start kind of getting into it and realizing that one, for the size of Paragold, we have quite a lot going on mm. and just the amount of work that it takes to get that stuff going on. And I was like, and I thought, well, you can either complain or you can get involved. Mm. And complaining helps nobody and gets nothing done. So, so might as well get involved. Put some skin in the game. Yep. Get on the field. You've mentioned your daughter now a couple times. Um, you're a single dad, is that right? Yes. So what has that been like? I mean, you're working this full-time job. You're, you're given to the community. I would think, man, if there's anybody that has an excuse not to – not to be involved outside of work. It's a single dad. Um, can you speak into that a little bit? Like, cause yeah. I, I look at that a lot, man, I don't know if I could do it yeah. without my wife, without mom there. Uh, it is a, I mean, there is challenges, but I do have to say me and her mother do co-parent very well, mm. uh, especially compared to some 
you know, co-parent relationships that I've seen in uh, out and around. Uh, so we do have our time split 50-50. We, you know, are really good. You know, even if it's my time, she got something going on with her family. She can text me. You know, we'll get Audrey to wherever she needs to be to get the most of her family time. So that is a huge help is having such a great uh, co-parent mm-hmm. with her. Uh, and I do have a lot of support from uh, my mom and dad. You know, That's huge, yeah. Yeah, that's huge too. Uh, I couldn't do a lot of things without all that support. So uh, that's really uh, – how I get it all done. Yeah. yeah it, ain't, it ain't all just me, <laughs> for sure. I would imagine you'd have to have some help somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you always been big into fitness? Not always. I was actually uh, kind of a bigger kid back in high school, and especially after high school. Once I got out, I definitely got uh, quite a bit bigger. Uh, I don't know. You ain't talking about muscle. No, not muscle. <laughs> no, the the bad bigger. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't think I ever got to the level of being like obese, but I did, uh, actually as a new year's, uh, I remember just kind of looking at the mirror, which I was at a party and I remember looking at the mirror uh, and it was new year's and I was like, something's got to change. Like mm. it was almost like a, an epiphany right then, uh, that I was like, I, I, Love them to death, and there's family, but there's family that I do have that, you know, they struggle now with, you know, diabetes or whatever, uh, and, you know, weight-related issues, and I just had an epiphany that I was like, I'm headed right that way in a hurry if something doesn't change. So, like, did you, as soon as you had that epiphany, did you start like just going straight into the gym? Did you start? Did you change your diet? Like, what? Where did the? When did the change begin to happen? Uh, I basically went full bore into eating healthier and exercising. Uh, I mean, you say eating healthier. Like, what did you cut out? I cut out. There was a time because I was trying to make as much change as possible. It was like I went no bread at all. Uh, basically just cold turkey on sodas and sweet tea, uh, stuff like that. No fried food. Do you notice a big difference? Oh, yeah. When I first started the first month and I was going, and I know I was going like unsustainably hard for that first month. Like in the diet or the gym? In both. Okay. Uh, but that first month I was averaging like, six to eight pounds lost a week wow just i was running or well i wasn't doing just a ton of running but walking slash jogging like up to six miles a day and uh you're doing that like after work get out of work and then i wouldn't typically get up and do my cardio uh up to six miles of something it may have been a slower uh like around town or I may have done uh like one mile as fast as I could walk to you do that in the mornings I typically do my cardio in the mornings are you a morning person oh yeah oh yeah 
That's army right. <laughs> I was about to say that's, of that's an army a military <laughs> answer. Other like, of course, I'm a morning person. Yeah, yeah. I wake up typically like four thirty a.m. Oh, of course. What time do you go to bed? About nine thirty. Okay. O'clock. Yeah. All right. That's a good night's sleep. Yeah, I, I get about six, six and a half hours. There's night. been a lot of research on uh, people who are, you know, again, highly efficient, highly successful, and a lot of there's a lot of research around the importance of getting up early like that. Yeah. A lot of people say you can get way more done. Early to bed, early to rise. There's a reason why that's a cliche, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it's true. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. agree with that because I can get up, uh, and it's a couple hours before I even got to get my daughter up. So there's a lot of things that I can take care of that then are done. So I ain't got to worry about yeah. them when, you know, I've got school, softball, practice, you know, work, all the other stuff that I got to get. School. You're talking of. about your daughter's school? Yeah, getting okay. my daughter to school. And Are you familiar with Jocko Willowink? I am. Podcaster? I was going to say, <laughs> man, am. you need to turn. Yeah, if, if, if not, I'm like, that's, that guy's probably speaking your language. Oh, yeah. So he's a he's a 4.30 a.m. guy. You know, he'll take the picture. I think it's 4.30. Maybe it's 4 a.m. I think it's 4.30. Then he'll take a picture of his watch every yeah. day at like 4.30. Just to, and then he'll tweet it out so people know, like, hey, I did it again. And then he hits his workout. And his big deal is – um discipline yeah right like discipline is greater than motivation that like motivation's fickle whatever. Oh, yeah. and so like you're most days you're not gonna feel like getting up at 4 30 a.m especially when it's cold and like doing the right things like it's just about discipline yeah motivation will get you so far it'll get you started but you know it does go away uh, and depending on how much whatever the activity sucks it goes away. <laughs> it yeah. goes away fast i think a lot of people would say like i just lack the motivation to do what you what you did and that's that's what you're saying. Like you need more than motivation; you yeah. need discipline. 100%. Yeah, and that's where your your why or your purpose comes in. Is you take your why and you really like lean into that. You know, there's some days it's like I go to the gym and it's like I'm not here because I want to be at the gym. I'm here because I want to be. You know, I want to add years to my life. Like, yes. Today I don't want to be at the gym, but if I allow myself to slip today. Yes. Then excuses start rolling in in your mind, and it's like, oh, you know, one day ain't going to kill you, and then one day turns into two, and it's just easy to slip like that. Yes. You're talking about reverse engineering. It's like you see where you want to be, and then you're like, okay, mm-hmm. in order to get there, here's my current reality, there's my envisioned future. In order to get there, I've got to take these steps. Yeah. It's so important that we do that. You know, people, we plan for Many things in life. We plan for how we're going to get our kids to school. We plan for vacations. We plan for weddings. We plan for Christmas. But we don't really plan our life, so to speak, a lot of times. And so, like, it's very important, I think, to look at your, um, if you're a spiritual person, your relationship with God or your relationship with your spouse or your kids or your friendships or your work and say, okay, what kind of employee do I want to be? What kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of father do I want to be? And then write out that envisioned future and then do the hard work and be honest. You might have to ask other people come and speak into it, but then share like, okay, write down like, here's my current reality. That's that was what you did when you looked in the mirror. Yeah. You literally were like, this is my current reality and <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. And then you look at some other picture of like, that's fit, that's healthy, that's where I want to be. And then you've got to write out those steps. Yep. And then the discipline is what will keep you there because – we want, especially in our culture, instant results. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, yes. like, 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 how do I get, like, like I want to look like you, Drake. I really do, like, which I think you look a lot like Wolverine. It's like, that's, <laughs> hey, you that's know, it's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome, you know. 
but do I really want to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do I want it enough where I'm willing to cut out the certain things and to cut out and do the hard work? I mean, most of us are not willing to. Yeah, I think to I'm just going to keep sucking in a little bit. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. I want to do that and yeah. I want to eat cupcakes yeah. and I don't want to run. I don't want to lift weight that really hurts, you know? Yeah. When you first ran, how much, how, uh, what was your uh, pace? Do you remember? Oh, it was terrible. When I first started, I don't even think I could run a mile, uh, like just straight run. Uh, and what can you do now, like a, if you were just going out and running? If I was just going to go out to run, uh, and I'm not just a huge runner, <laughs> even though I do tough motors yeah. all the time, I do about a, about seven, seven and a half minute mile. Oh, wow. What is your, uh, tell me about the tough motor. What is that? You said you do them frequently. Yeah, the Tough Motors is a obstacle course series. Uh, they typically don't time you, so you, I don't really call it a race mm-hmm. uh, unless you do like the toughest or worlds. But basically you go out and it'll be, they have a 15, a 10, or a 5K, and you'll go out and it is a lot of running. But there's a lot of obstacles, and many of those obstacles are almost impossible without help. So there's a mm. lot of relying on strangers and people who are in a fun slash painful situation as you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, so those are that's the tough mutters, and then the uh, the toughest is basically you run laps for twelve hours. They do a five-mile course, all the obstacles, you run laps for 12 hours. And then you got Worlds, which is the big one, where you just run laps for 24 hours. You ever going to go after one of those? I did Worlds back in November. You did a Worlds? I did one, and I'm going back again this November. For 24 hours? Yep. Jeez. (laughs) Tell me about that experience. That sounds fun. (laughs) That was, uh, it was a lot of fun, uh. Honestly, got lucky. I didn't put myself in medical, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it was out in Las Vegas, about an hour south of Las Vegas, out in the desert. And I went out there. I'd done a toughest, which is the twelve, and I'd done thirty miles in twelve hours. And I was like, uh, I think I can push myself to seventy-five miles. And uh, well, I get out there, and it is. Probably two-thirds soft sand, so I was like, oh, this is going to be rough. Uh, but I took off. I was still shooting for that 75 miles. Didn't make it, but I was still going for it. I wasn't going to change my, my goal. Uh, and I was doing good for, you know, several laps. And what you get to do at these uh, endurance events is you set up like a pit area. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad were down there, and my daughter was down there. Uh, and you can have snacks, drinks, you know, whatever supplements you might want to take. You can even have a tent and, like, take a nap if you want to. Uh, but I was going for as many miles, so I was, like, as little sleep as possible. Just Was your dad, up. like, living his Army Ranger days and be like, son, I'm telling <laughs> you, I've gone 48 hours in South Korea or wherever, you know. You know. Uh, I think a little bit. You know, he's definitely giving me a lot of advice. Uh uh, some of the stuff I kind of knew in my head already, but he was just kind of like reconfirming it. it and like, you can do it. And That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool to have him there. Uh, but so I was going and uh, 
the soft sand was kicking my butt for sure. And you're doing like some of the obstacles shock you. Some of them shock you. Yeah. Like, like surprise or like physically shock you, like physically shock you. Like, <laughs> a, <laughs> like nice. the uh, electric fence around horse pins and stuff like it's about like that. Uh, oh. so there's one. Yeah. You'll get shocked. Uh, you'll be, wet. Sign up. where do you want to sign up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll be wet. Uh, pretty well constantly at most of them since this one was at the desert is like you get wet get out and like you'd instantly be dry the air was so dry like you barely even sweat it ain't like here where sure the you're just pouring yeah uh let's see you get shocked you're up and down hills there wasn't a ton of mud since it was in the desert uh there's an ice water one where you go down a slide and they mm. got this big old pit of water and just all night long they're dumping bags of ice in it. You know, and there's all there's uh, almost like a one rope bridge where you're going across. It's actually a ratchet strap. You're just kind of underslung and dragging yourself across this rope. There's all all kinds of obstacles, walls to climb over. Now, when you're when you're saying laps, are you talking about doing the same thing over and over? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the course will be five miles itself, and there's and that's a lap. That's one lap. Oh boy! And there will be twenty five obstacles. And you were wanting to do seventy five miles? Yeah. Goodness. I was shooting for it. What did you end up getting? I got fifty. Wow. I ended up getting fifty miles, which is the. So you did that ten times in a twenty four hour period. Yep. Did you ever think I'm gonna? I, I'm done. Did you think about quitting? I wasn't going to quit. I did after lap seven because uh, I come in in. At lap seven, you knew, like, <laughs> I, I ain't I getting 75. In. That I goes did, over. Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get 75. I did come in in pretty bad shape after lap seven. What do you mean? Because like, I remember shape. starting it, and before the first mile, uh, I got to the point where walking was about the best I could do. Uh because what was the, what was hurting at that point? Everything just or like everything. Was there, okay. there was there was nothing that nothing specifically hurt. It's just everything. You were hurt. shot. Yeah. Your body was done. It went from pain being a feeling to pain just being a state of being. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't uh, that sound great? That's uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm glad there are people out there that want to do it. But I started lap seven, uh, and it's like one in the morning. It's Sun's been down, everybody's been cold, and like you're wearing a wetsuit, but you're in and out of cold water. So you're how many people still are cold. At that uh, point, at that point, the number of people on the field gets down to probably only like seventy-five to hundred. And it starts with, and it probably starts with uh, this one. I think started with five hundred. Okay, but there was a lot that couldn't come from other countries because of COVID regulations mm-hmm. back in November. But still, you think about like how hard that must be because these are 500 people who want to do mm-hmm. something like that, who mm-hmm. think in their minds, that sounds that. great, yeah. and I can do that. So travel. it's not just like they just pick 500 people like me. Yeah. Well, So these are the, people that are pretty fit, I would most hope. Most of them, yeah. Uh, you, can, you can technically do a lap then just kind of hang out in your pit area and then do another lap in the morning and be considered a, uh, having completed it. But I was going for those bibs. Yeah. Was there, sure. is there a qualifier? Did you, I didn't, did you say that that you had to do anything to, in order to get to this? 
In the class that I ran this one, you can technically just sign up. It's the open class. Uh, you can go for what's called your contendership, which is what I plan on doing this year, is where you do the 12 hours one and you do a certain number of miles. Okay. I believe I believe it's 35 miles at the 12-hour one, so I was five miles short from just getting it last year. You understand you have a different kind of mindset than most people. <laughs> I've come to realize that. Yeah. I mean – there's some people that it's it's I, I admire it honestly, but it's those who literally seek to do hard things. Yeah, like and I'm guessing in the moment you don't enjoy it, do you? Like in no, or do in you, the moment, uh, there's a lot of times it's just this sucks. There's times, especially at night, uh, like at the world's toughest, like you'd be you might be all alone. Because you're just in a portion of the course that is not populated. It's just you and the cold and the suck. And you're just, it's really easy to get in your head when it's like that. How do you, how do you talk to yourself? Like, where do you go in that space? When when I get to that space, uh, like, especially on that lap seven I was talking about, I just focus on just keep taking steps. Like, mm. Don't worry about anything else. Don't even think about the obstacles coming up. Like, just keep taking steps. And that is a very important life lesson. Uh, you know, we talk a lot here about just take the next right step mm-hmm. because you can't boil the whole ocean, right. but you can take the next right step. Like, whatever that is for you, the person listening to this right now, like, every single day, like, we kind of we get an, we get an opportunity to take just the next right step. Yeah. And I think the reason that most of us are paralyzed or we're stuck in this spot in our life that we want to get out of is because we see how far we have to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just overwhelming. And you're like, I don't even, there's no way I'll ever get there. Yeah. And yeah. so you don't even try. But if you're like, can you just take one, can you just, can you just do this today? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, if you did that today, guess what? You can do that again tomorrow. That's right. right. And so it's a very important lesson. Yeah, I just got to focus on and prioritize winning today. Once you've won today, just wake up and win that day. Break it up. Just whatever it is in life, break it up into daily steps and just focus on that, getting it done every single day. And then what do you do when you fail? Like, okay, let me rephrase that because we've already said the failure is quitting. What do you do when you don't reach the goal, when you don't accomplish what it is that you set it to accomplish? Like you realize, man, I'm going to do 75. Didn't get there. Um, I'm sure there are other areas in your life where you're like, I didn't win that or I didn't, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. How how do you respond to that? Instead of letting it get you down and, you know, beating yourself up about it, just accept it for what it is. You know, you didn't reach your goal, but then look back and just analyze what could I have done better, uh, up say the 30 days before or six months out before whatever it is but what could I've done better on a daily basis that would have reached my goal Mm. and then then if you're like I'm gonna try it again you know go after it again with those changes and adjustments yeah so you're talking about just learning from your just learn from it learning from your losses yep yeah to make you better that's good um I admire you man Mm mm-hmm Appreciate it. 
What are y'all doing at uh, Ranger Tool and Dock? Explain that to those who maybe didn't catch the uh, conversation with your dad and see that they didn't listen to that episode. What's Ranger Tool and Die? So Ranger Tool and Die is the family tool and die company, and we provide um, machine replacement parts, welding, fabrications, uh, perishable tooling, things of that nature for many of the industries in the area. Uh, whether it be new core and Blyville, utility trailer, or, you know, drive automotive or Tenneco, I think some people still call it that. Yeah. I, is, is, is that, I still call it Monroe. Is that not the same thing? <laughs> yeah. What's it called? Uh, they they just, I think a couple of years ago, switched over to drive oh. automotive. Oh, I didn't know that. I'll catch up here in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's where my dad worked from the time he was 18 to he was 65. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how many employees currently? At the Tool and Die Shop, which is where I mostly uh, take care of, we are up to we're up to nine, not including uh, like my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And, are these nine people that report to you? Yes. How have you enjoyed that, being in a leadership role? What have you learned? Uh, it's very difficult to manage people, uh, but at the same time, we do there have a extremely good, uh, workforce, uh, they're extremely skilled, they're very ethical, uh, people, so, you know, I ain't got to worry about really any no-call, no-shows unless something... Well, that's pretty incredible. something... How did y'all create crazy. that kind of culture? Because, you know, I... I, I, we have a guy in our church that owns a factory. Uh, I'm really good friends. Another guy here in town uh, that owns another factory, and it's like it's so hard to get good help. Uh, and if you get good help, it's even harder to keep good help. So, <laughs> how have you guys created a culture where it's like we got really good employees, are ethical, they show up, they do their work? Is that would you say that's just been luck, or you think it's something y'all done? Uh, I'd say it's something we've done as kind of created this culture of. You know, we're here to help you out as much as we need you to work for us uh, or, you know, provide labor. Because in the big scheme of things, I guess I would say is, uh, like, I would, uh, Ranger, I plan on it, or I feel that it's, big mission as far as our employees is creating value in their lives. Like we love to see it when somebody gets to retire or if they get to buy a new house or they get to buy a new car. Like we love Mm -hmm. being able to give them the opportunity to create that kind of value in their life. Mm. So they know you care. I'd love to end with some rapid fire questions if you're ready for it. Absolutely. So... These are questions that we ask every single guest. There are six of them, starting with this. What is the last show or last yeah last show that you watched or last book that you read? Uh, last book that I have completed is actually it's Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah, oh, that's a good last. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so really good. good. Good job. You have a big takeaway from that. Uh. That's where the having a purpose truly comes yes, from. Sir. I mean, if he, they can go through 
the Holocaust and, you know, survive on a purpose, it's like I can do anything. Yeah. Hundred percent. We've quoted that book, I think, a few times, times at least. And yeah. on the show. Yeah, on the show and I have in my teachings and um yeah, it's incredible where he talks about those who were able to survive the ghastly conditions at Auschwitz were not the strongest, uh this were the wealthiest or the smartest, but it was those who had meaning. Absolutely. They could find meaning in the midst of the the mayhem. Yeah. You know? Great book. Pretty quick read, too, for those who might be looking for the next read. Uh, next question. Favorite band or favorite song currently? Favorite band is actually ACDC. Hey. Right on, dude. <laughs> right on. That's what I would hope you would have said. A man with a beard like yours. That's a, that's that's a sweet beard, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. It is. Best beard that I can think of on the on the podcast. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, hard to beat I actually, uh, my first truck actually had the, uh, I think it was a, Back in black cassette tape oh, stuck, right yeah, stuck in it. It won't. Sorry, it won't cassette come out. tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that Rewind. your favorite? Oh, one, two, four. Is that your favorite uh, song of theirs? Let's see, I'd have to say my favorite song is Thunderstruck. Oh, there you go. I bet you're rocking to that on uh, the seventh lap of your your <laughs> race. Yeah. <laughs> Fill that was, on. It was funny because uh, we were at a big outdoor place and there was an outdoor concert venue. Well, Darius Rucker was playing there, and just because the echo is like, we could hear it the whole time. Oh, that's wow. cool. <laughs> Running around Maybe. the course. you're a Darius Rucker fan. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite meal? My favorite meal is actually, I don't know if you really call it a meal, but I really like German food. Oh. One of my favorite things to do, especially after one of those runs, is to find like a, a beer hall. Yeah. And so you get you a good beer, and what else? Uh, brats, knockwurst, potato salad, sauerkraut, all of it. Ah. Pretzel. <laughs> right on, man. It's making me hungry. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Right now is I actually have a uh, it's a little clay heart that my daughter made. I actually bought her a, like one of the clay pottery sets mm-hmm. for Christmas, and she actually just kind of hand made a little clay heart that's cool and it's on there and then that's where i keep all my books excellent leaders are readers yes <laughs> it's a great quote uh who it's a president i can't remember which one it is but he says probably abraham lincoln yeah <laughs> yeah he, oh anyway uh he said not every reader is a leader but every leader is a reader that's what every good leader is a reader that's yeah i can't remember i'll find that i'll find it i concur Absolutely. Uh, Number five, give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Um, An ordinary moment in my life. uh, I'm going to leave this one outside of my daughter because, I mean, every moment with her is honestly extraordinary. Uh, But believe it or not, one of the last things I do – for the day as I come in from a weighted walk and to walk up the stairs of my porch and to take all that weight off and it's just like a relief because once I get that done it's like all the work I needed to do for the day was done Hmm. just everything's been done all the work's done I've won the day when you walk into your home like it's five six o'clock or whatever 
That typically happens at like eight. Okay. Yeah, I'll go well, on I, a walk in the evenings. And, ah, okay, I gotcha. So, like, before you go to bed, you're talking about, like, yeah. you're, okay, and now I'm going to, whatever's happened that day, we'll leave it here. Yep. That's a good practice. Where'd you learn that? Uh, it's just something I started doing. It's very good. Uh, that is yeah, great. Does it help me, you sleep better? Oh, absolutely. Normally, by the time I get to bed, I am exhausted, and I go right to sleep. Uh, that's such a good picture of, like, what you're trying to communicate to yourself. Like, I'm just le- yeah. leaving the weight here, and it's done. Yep. That is cool. It is really Pick cool. Pick that up. Absolutely. I'm going to try that tonight. Mm-hmm. Last question. What is one thing right now that you're deeply grateful for? I'd say... I'd say I am deeply grateful for just having the opportunity to exercise as much as I do. Because there's definitely a lot of people who aren't given a choice like they may have cancer in their life they may you know have lost limbs or something that uh that it inhibits them to you know live a better or healthier lifestyle or exercise and uh i've been extremely grateful that i have not had something like that good perspective drake thank you so much for coming on really glad that you're in our city it's better because you're here um, truly is and so thank you for all you do look forward to uh, hopefully getting to do this again sometime whether it's recorded or not recorded sounds good we really do appreciate you making the space to be here and you know who else we're thankful for who's that the listener the listener amen yeah for those of you who are still tuning in whether you're on a jog maybe commuting to work working out maybe um, listening instead of working mowing it's that season mm. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've not already done so, I would really encourage you to go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating there. That helps people to find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people living in our community. Also, be sure and check us out if you've not already done so. Give us a like on Fight uh, Face fight, Fightbook. Whatever it's called. Facebook. They know. Facebook. Yeah, give us a like on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, check us out on Instagram as well if you uh, have not already done that. But mainly, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Until next time.